Before we get into this episode of Beauty Is Your Business, we at Mouth Media Network want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the constitutional right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other important rights for all Americans. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to PlannedParenthood.org. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. My name is Dr. Dustin Portella. I'm a dermatologist. And what I love about beauty is that there's no universally accepted standard. Everybody can define it for themselves to make themselves look and feel better. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, this is Mimi Bangs, and you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business. Today we have Dr. Dustin Portella. Hi, Dustin, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're thrilled to have you. And we're thrilled to learn so much about you. You have such a fascinating career from being a dermatologist to now one of the hottest beauty influencers, specifically in the skincare category. So let's start. Tell us about you. You're in Boise, Idaho. How do you get to being from Boise, Idaho to being such a successful influencer? Yeah, I had, you know, kind of a a bumpy start to my career after my dermatology residency. Initially, I took a job working for another clinic. And as is the story that happens to a lot of young physicians in many specialties is they get into a new practice and sometimes certain promises were made with their job and then things go south. The senior partners want to change things or there's just differences in in practice styles and approaches and, and thinking between dermatologists or physicians that have been doing it for decades versus those just coming out of residency. And uh, pretty quickly in my first job, I discovered that there just wasn't as much compatibility as uh, we thought. There were some very different perceptions of how the contract should go. And thankfully, I had very solid footing. And so I was able to step away from that job because of the way my contract was structured and open my own practice right in the same town here in Boise, Idaho. And when you're just starting out, you're scrambling like any business startup. You're hoping you're going to make it. You're hoping you're going to be able to make money, put food on the table, pay your bills, pay your employees. And I turned to social media as a basically a free way to promote myself and to promote my business. And I was just hoping to bring people in the door by getting my name out there. And things were slow at first, primarily using Instagram and Facebook. And then TikTok came along and shortly thereafter, the pandemic hit. And as my clinic slowed down, I really dove in with head first right into the deep end of TikTok and started producing content. One, I had a little extra time to do it and videos just started doing really well and performing well and followers started growing. And pretty soon I was getting opportunities to talk about brands that I'd been recommending to my patients for years, both in residency and in practice. And I kind of am an accidental influencer, so to speak. It wasn't necessarily my intention when I got into it, but it has become one of my favorite things about what I get to do every day. And I think that's what makes you so popular and likable is that your passion comes through. And specifically from a dermatologist, people trust you and they want to know your point of view on what to use, where to use, and how to use specific products. So let's take a step back for a second. Why did you decide to become a dermatologist? 
Yeah, I've been interested in medicine for a long time. My dad was a high school anatomy and physiology teacher, so I, you know, was very early on interested in health professions. Through college, I was, you know, majoring in the sciences and planning to go to either PA school or medical school and for lots of reasons ended up deciding that medical school would fit my personality better and just give me the opportunities that I wanted. And during medical school, you start to learn about all the different specialties and you start to learn what you like, what you don't like. Do you like to do procedures working with your hands? Do you like to work more just making complex medical decisions with your brain and doing medication management? And you know, I liked a little bit of all of it, but I particularly enjoyed doing procedures. And so I really thought that I would do emergency medicine because they get to do a little bit of everything. They're kind of the cowboys of medicine. And as I looked into more and more specialties, I realized that lifestyle was important to me. I wanted to be able to have a consistent schedule where I knew when I could be home, where I could be with my family when it was birthdays and holidays. And dermatology is a competitive specialty because in part, it affords a really comfortable lifestyle as far as the schedule. You're not working emergencies, night times, weekends, and you get to do a lot of procedures. So it really fit my personality in a lot of ways. I went for it and was fortunate enough through hard work and making good connections and doing all the right stuff to land a, a residency position in dermatology. That's incredible. That's a great and very inspiring story about following your passion and doing what you like, specifically that it comes from your father. And you mentioned your kids. I think we've seen your kids pop up in a few Instagram videos or even on your TikTok. What do they think about everything that's going on? Yeah, they think it's pretty cool. You know, especially my, my oldest, she's getting that age where a lot of her friends have social media accounts. And so they think it's fun to see packages show up and see, you know, TikTok swag come in and they like to steal my hats and shirts and wear them and <laughs> so they think it's pretty fun because their friends think it's cool it allows us to you know have some fun together that's why I like including them in the videos because I want this to be something that they can enjoy also yeah their dad is famous I'm sure that that gives them some social clout too as they show up in the video so going back so when you started so now you have a career now you wanted to launch your business and you discovered TikTok how do you come up with content and what inspires you? Because I think that's so fascinating for people who are listening and everyone wants to be on TikTok, but I think there's something so unique about being a creator that you're constantly flowing with so many impressive and original ideas. I kind of think about my content in three different buckets. The one that I think is the most important may not always be the most you know, popular is it's important to educate. So I want to be able to get on there and tell people scientific facts about how to take care of their skin, why skin cancer prevention is important. And it can be challenging to make that entertaining. And I think it's one of the most important things that I do. And so that's kind of the first bucket is just educate individuals on, you know, real science and skincare. And then a second bucket is trying to take the trends that are going around. You see trending sounds, trending hashtags, and try to fit that into my niche so that it can be somewhat skincare or dermatology related. And it allows me to be a little bit goofy and funny. And I would say those kind of perform in the intermediate space where sometimes they'll go really viral and most of the time they'll do decent. And then kind of that third bucket is the reaction videos where something else is going viral and you get a chance to react to it. That could be pimple popping, you know, ingrown hairs, ingrown toenails or just crazy medical conditions where you can get on and it's usually entertaining. There's a little bit of shock value and sometimes you can also educate with it when something pops up and you can talk about a really interesting skin condition. So those are kind of the three different buckets and you kind of rotate through all of them because most important is to educate in my mind, but sometimes you have to allow that to ride the coattails of this viral shock value content and draw people to your page so that they consume all three types of content. 
That's one of the incredible things about your content and just being a physician is that you are the source of knowledge. So, so many people have Google friends or WebMD and constantly trying to find the information that they're seeking and they know to find it as a one-stop shop with you. Day to day, you're in Boise, Idaho, and you're working with a lot of global brands. How has that been discovering the world of outside of Boise, Idaho? Yeah, it's been really fascinating. I mean, I've had the opportunity to travel to some big cities, Los Angeles, New York, and some other trips coming up. And the world definitely works a little different. There's a different pace of life. And it's just been really educational to see the different perceptions. And we talked, you know, before about everybody has different standards of beauty. And you can really see that when you go to different cities and you see the way people, you know, dress and the way that they do their skincare and just the pace of life that they keep up. And, you know, it's definitely different than little Boise, Idaho. And to me, growing up in Idaho, Boise is the biggest town in the state. And it's still very small by comparison to some of these other places. Uh, totally. It's a whole new world out there. But it's something interesting that you just said is how people use skincare. So do you see a really big difference in different cities or states about people and, and how they actually, what their skincare usage is or how they think about skincare? Yeah. And, and a lot of this comes through direct messages that I get too. You can kind of see it is, you know, you have people that are in very warm climates and they're asking questions about which type of sunscreen should I be using? And then you have people that are in the Northern European countries, or maybe even just in Seattle. And like, it's cloudy all the time here. I like, why do I even need to wear sunscreen? And, you know, some people who are in progressive cities where they're interested in being green, they're interested in being sustainable, and they, they have a completely different take on what type of skincare they'll purchase because they're looking into the environmental impact of the products that they're purchasing and they want products that are quote unquote clean and, and vegan and cruelty free. And I think that those are important, but you'd see definitely different people, different areas that are prioritizing different things in the way that they purchase skincare. That's fascinating. And how educated are consumers? Because there's a lot of talk of different ingredients, hyaluronic acid, vitamin C, retinol, peptides, ceramides, niacinamide are a lot of buzzwords now. How much does the actual consumer know? And what is your role in the education of either demystifying or reinforcing what they know? Consumers now know more than they ever have about skincare. And that's due, you know, I'd like to think in part from me, but there's also other creators that have done amazing jobs to call out like Lab Muffin Beauty Science. I think she's somebody everybody should be following. Cassandra Banks and Hiram, Dr. Lee. They've done incredible things educating on social media so that the average consumer can now go in and look at a label and say, I'm looking for this particular ingredient because I have this skin concern. And I think that, you know, there's still a lot of marketing hype out there around different brands and products. But when consumers can look at specific ingredients and then maybe find that in a brand that they want to support, I think that's empowering the consumer. So we're seeing consumers more educated than ever. But there's still a lot of noise on the fringe, both from marketing and from, you know, I call them these health gurus that are out there using scare tactics to shy people away from certain ingredients that really aren't harmful for them. And a lot of that is sunscreen and different things that they say they're toxic, just full of chemicals. And it's simply not the case. You have to continue to push out that education and consumers are really hungry for it. It's true. A lot of people who are not physicians or medically trained professionals have a platform on social media and share their point of view, which is just that, their point of view. And it doesn't come from anywhere else, but what they have gleaned from someplace that's not necessarily factually accurate. Do you find that people who come into your clinic ask specific questions? Do you have to re-educate because they heard something on TikTok or they're 
just more educated in general about what they're coming to you for? They're definitely more educated. I spend a lot more time than I used to going through skincare routines with my patients. They're bringing in a bag of all of their different products and we're talking about when they should be using them. But we are dispelling a lot of myths. And I think a really interesting thing happened this last week is I was doing a skin cancer surgery on the nose of an individual. And I was talking, I get to spend an hour or two with these individuals as, I, as we remove the cancer and as we put stitches in to put them back together. And I was encouraging them to wear sunscreen and this individual had not been in the habit of wearing sunscreen. And they said, well, I, I heard sunscreen can actually cause skin cancer. And I was like, you literally have a skin cancer right now and you weren't wearing sunscreen. Like, what do you think is causing this? It's not your lack of sunscreen, it's, it's the sun. You need to protect yourself. And so even somebody that's literally getting part of their nose removed was still buying into this misinformation that sunscreen would cause skin cancer when they'd already experienced a skin cancer and didn't use sunscreen. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. That's fascinating. What are the other big myths that you've seen that you're working hard to dispel? Well, a lot of people talk about just chemicals in general, and they think that if you use something and you can't pronounce the stuff on the back of it, that you shouldn't be using it. And everything is a chemical. So many things come from the lab and the cosmetic chemists have done excellent jobs creating products that are in many ways better than what we find in nature. And a lot of times the things that we find in nature can actually be harmful. The rate of contact dermatitis from things like essential oils is through the roof. And we see problems with lots of natural substances. So I think that just this misunderstanding of what is toxic and what is a chemical, and these are buzzwords that get a lot of attention. I think there's a lot of misinformation about petrolatum. That's a great ingredient in a lot of products, but if it's properly refined, it's one of the most safe, inert skincare ingredients that you can use, but a lot of people find that they're just scared of using it. I think a lot of the misinformation is around just chemicals, that in general, if it's a chemical, it's toxic, and that's certainly not the case. That's super helpful. So taking a step back, you're huge on TikTok, you're a content creator, you have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast series, and you run a clinic, and you're a dad, and you have kids, and you live on a farm. How do you do it all? It's a challenge. I think that I sacrifice sleep probably too much. But the thing that's really helped me is surrounding myself with really good people who have a vision to accomplish the same things that I do. And I don't say that in a way to say that I'm the most important person in that equation, but I, I have the most amazing staff in my clinic, and many of them came with me from my original clinic. They saw the vision that I had for patient care, and they took a chance on a dermatologist who was six months out of residency to leave their job that they'd been with for years to come and start a clinic with me because they know what good patient care looks like and what it is. And so I have people that can essentially run the clinic and they're so good to let me make those trips to LA or New York and to educate on social media and to put up with my antics in the clinic. And I've got an amazing team that helps manage social media to respond to messages, to coordinate with brands so that we can take those messages that the brands wanna get out when they align with my vision for social media to put those out there. So I don't do it all myself. And I have my family at home. My wife is amazing. She takes care of these animals and the kids are out there and they're digging holes in the dirt. And we just, it's a team effort on all fronts. And so I don't want anybody to think that I come away and I'm doing it all because I'm not doing it all. No, it takes a village. Let's talk a little bit about digging in the dirt. I bet a lot of people don't know this about you, that you live on a farm. 
What animals do you have? Yeah, so this has just been, you know, kind of fun. I grew up in a really small town in Idaho. We didn't live on a farm or anything, but I was a pretty free-range kid. We could go out and, you know, the Snake River ran through our town, so we'd go and build forts down by the river. My wife grew up on a farm. She did rodeo in high school and in college, and so she wanted to get some horses. So we've got some horses, we've got chickens, we, you know, get our own eggs. We've got some rabbits the kids can play with. We've got a dog, we've got cats. It's fun, it teaches responsibility to the kids to get out there and to play and get them off screens, you know, which I'm not the best example of because I live on screens for <laughs> almost everything that I do. But it's a nice way to step away from the busy clinic and from the hustle and bustle of social media to just put down all of that and go out and get your hands dirty taking care of animals and working around the house. I love that. That's a great lesson. The other lesson that I think that I know that I'm grateful for my parents is about giving back. And you are starting an incredible project that is about giving back. I would love you to share more about your vision and what your plans are. When I was in medical school, there was, you could join a lot of different clubs. So of course I was in the dermatology club, the emergency medicine club. There was this other club called the Homeless Camp Outreach. And I was curious about that. I talked to some friends who were in it. And then I started going out with them. And every Sunday, they would get together. They would get a carafe of coffee. They would get clean socks, batteries, dog food, cat food, water, toiletries, and would go out and visit the several different areas in Des Moines, Iowa. That's where I was at in medical school to just deliver these things to the homeless population and just talk to them and understand what their needs were. And they, you know, of course, had medical needs, but a lot of times they just needed somebody to talk to and they needed replenishment of the basic necessities of life. And it was, you know, something small that we could do as medical students. And then about once a quarter, the medical school had a, a big RV, like a class A motorhome, where it had been converted into a clinic. There were a couple of exam rooms in there and you could get together with a couple of the physicians that worked at the university and load up in that RV and go to a couple different areas where there were homeless individuals and do medical exams and refill medications and help them to just take better care of themselves to provide them resources because they're exposed to the elements. They're often not able to eat really good high quality food and so they're at higher risk for diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, and all of these things. And so it was one of the most rewarding things that I got to do as a medical student. And because of that, I always wanted to be able to do something like that when I was in a position to do so. So my plan as a dermatologist is to create a mobile clinic where I can go to the free clinic in town, where I can go to areas where there are homeless shelters, and then even drive out further into the rural areas of Idaho where these people may have insurance, they may have a family physician, but they're driving you know, four to six hours just to see a dermatologist. And if we can bring the care to them and catch things like skin cancer at earlier stages or be able to resolve really bad psoriasis or atopic dermatitis and get people on the proper medicines to take care of their skin, it's gonna improve their quality of life. I believe we're gonna save lives and uh, we're gonna do this as a charitable cause that uh, is gonna take me away from my clinic where I'll make money. It's gonna allow me to share this on social media, however, and educate people what dermatologists can really do. So it's a passion project of mine that's been you know, in my mind and in the works for months and years and slowly starting to come to fruition now and we're gonna kick it into overdrive this summer. That is so exciting and so important to give back and you can make such a huge difference and touch so many people's lives just by giving them the care that they need. That's incredible. We've talked a lot about your TikTok. We talked about dermatology. We talked about skincare. 
One thing that I know that you're working on now in terms of education is YouTube and the more long form content. I would love to hear more about your plans, like what kinds of educational messages you're sharing, what is most important to you and what's next. Yeah, YouTube is, you know, I think a little bit more like the interaction that I have with a patient in the clinic where I can sit down and I can educate on the skincare topic that they have. You know, if they have a certain skin condition, we can talk about it. We can talk about the causes. We can discuss the different options that they have to treat that thing. And I think that I can share those kinds of messages on YouTube rather than trying to cram something in 60 seconds where you maybe can't get the full message across. But it also allows us to take that YouTube content and cut it down for the TikTok and the Instagram Reels audience and just to let them know, if you want to know more, you can come over to YouTube. And so we'll be doing the same kind of education there, but in longer format with more detail to answer more questions. And then we'll also throw in those other buckets too. People will get a chance to learn a little bit more about me and my personality and the things that I'm doing on a daily basis, as well as do the same reactions and different things and do longer sets of those. So I think that YouTube is going to be an interesting way to get that message out, but with more detail for those that really want to understand better. That's true because the other platforms really limit the amount of time you have to educate and you have to condense it into a very small period of time so that it comes across in a digestible way. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about your channels. Where can everybody find you? You know, right now I'm on all social media basically and the handle is at 208skindoc and that, that's really the phone number to my clinic is where it came from. 208 is our area code. This was a phone number that I acquired when I first opened my clinic and I thought, you know, since my goal is to drive people to the clinic, let's put the phone number out there. And so that's where I'm at on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, everything. Basically, I've probably made a profile on every social media platform there is. Those are the ones that I'm active on, but I've got placeholders pretty much everywhere else too, in case for some reason it, some new thing becomes huge. So I love that. Just a question. There are people who are listening to this who might not be the TikTok generation, but are curious about TikTok, want to get started on TikTok. What advice do you have for them? What is the best way to get started on TikTok? So you have to stop worrying about being perfect. So you're not going to put out the best content that you can put out when you first start, but you have to start. So if you sit and wait and wait and wait until you think you can do it the way that you want to do it, you're going to miss out. Get on there, start building your following, and you never know what will resonate with people. But there are creators of all ages, of all medical specialties, of all disciplines. I mean, there are tax accountants that are on there with hundreds of thousands of followers. And if, to me, like tax account is the most boring thing. But if they can get on there and they can create a following around accounting, anybody can do it. So get on there, just get started and produce as much as you can. You know, start getting three to four out there every day and consume content too. You have to know what other people are doing and try to incorporate those tips and tricks. And But don't wait to be perfect. Just start and get better over time. That's great advice. I think that in our society, we're used to even Instagram. Instagram has a little bit more of a perfect expectation and TikTok is just about having fun. And I think you do a great job of that. <laughs> Thank you. I have a ton of fun with it. That's for sure. But I think that's what's important. That like really comes through now. And so... How much more can we expect to see your kids having fun with you? So, you know, I do try to be careful with that. You know, I want them to have that exposure a little bit because I think it's going to be an increasingly big part of the lives of young people. But I want them to do it responsibly. And, you know, of course, I want to be protective of them because there's people out there that are just mean. 
but fortunately they've been well received and I do get them in there probably more and more frequently over the, the year or so. That's so exciting. I can't wait to see. They're so cute. And so before we wrap up, bring it back to skincare, what's one piece of skincare advice that you would give our listeners? Yeah, you really don't have to make it complicated. So if you're going to do one thing a day, just do sunscreen. It's gonna do more for you than every other skincare product there is. And then you can build on that, but get the basics down consistently with a simple skincare routine that includes a high quality sunscreen. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Dustin, for spending time with us today. I can't believe how fast this time flew. I loved getting to know more about you than I already did. Well, it's been a pleasure and I'm excited to listen to the episode as it comes out and to share it. And I love telling my story and helping more people to take better care of their health and their skin. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.